Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have with me a very special guest, Herman Stewart-Nagel. Herman, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime. I totally almost messed up my own last name there. <laughs> I can, like, feel my tongue, like, sticking um i was just talking to joseph about Schiller about this i was like oh man like this new weather just does not agree with being a podcast host a coach and a teacher i'm so glad i'm not like a you know like a motivational speaker at the same time i'd have to like get some <laughs> yeah you know i i i commend you for for being able to talk all day i'm definitely not used to it <laughs> oh I, I had i had two things of tea today i i had a couple cough drops like I've been trying to really take care of my voice. Like, like for instance, tomorrow, like I'll go into class and my co-teacher has been so great because he knows I love to interview people, um, you know, and the kids will be all excited and everything and it'll be Monday morning and I'll just wait. I'll just wait. And he's like, Mr. Kubal is not trying to lose his voice again. Like last <laughs> like, so you guys really need to relax and, you know, let him talk. So he's been yeah. definitely helping me out and I have really good kids this year. So hopefully we keep it going. All right. Well, I'm so glad that we could have you on, Herman. Like I said, I did find you on TikTok and, you know, I did have you, um, you know, as a potential guest I was going to invite for season three. So kind of feel like this is serendipitous. I was like, I was like, when when you messaged me from Joseph's, um, you know, Facebook uh, comment on that group, I'm like, gosh, his name sounds so familiar. And then (laughs) the press kit came through and I saw Eclipse. I'm like, that's why he sounds familiar because I had him down for Eclipse for three. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was like super, super funny. So I'm so glad we could have him. Yeah, that's fantastic. And like I said, I'm surprised you found me on TikTok because not many people do. (laughs) A lot of people come out out and say that, Herman, but you'd be surprised the links I will go to to find a fantasy horror sci-fi dystopian like you you name it if it's not you know if it's not non-fiction or just pure fiction i will find that person has some sort of you know sci-fi or fantastical or horror elements i feel like i'm looking under you know bricks and traveling to dark <laughs> caverns of uh social media and i'm glad that now you know i'm starting to get some more people um you know attached to my accounts that way it's a little easier to invite people but yeah i definitely Absolutely. saw the tiktok it was awesome. I've been following you for a couple, at least a couple of weeks now. I think it's been about three or four at this Fantastic. point. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah I've, I've only been on TikTok for a few months. So, um, oh, cool. So I, you found yeah. Me. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. You know, and I just for the audience too, uh, for newer authors for social media for TikTok, I did hear that though, that like, you know, for instance, like somebody, you know, such as you, like I think I've been on since like last winter. I got really bored. Okay. Um, might even be last fall. Um, and you know, now if I try and put something on, you know, I really got to try hard, you know, to get those algorithms, but I have heard that if you have just started and you kind of like blitzkrieg it with a lot of different content, mm-hmm. um, I know a lot of authors who have done that. I know a lot of authors who like have a private one and then do like an author one, or sometimes they'll just change one letter in their author name and start a new one and then kind of go about right. that way. I have heard that, you know, that definitely helps the algorithm out. So yeah, that's that's interesting that uh, I found you in that way. So maybe that yeah. a little credence to it. Uh, well, Harmon, we'll go right there with that first question. What has your writing yeah, journey sure. up until this point? Yeah, so my writing journey. Um, I mean, I've been writing ever since I can remember. Really, you know, I remember my first uh, story as a kid. It was you know about an owl who lost its his hoot. It was <laughs> kind awesome. of just a fun little kid story. Yeah. That's so cool. I mean, I've I've always you know loved writing and. Um, 
you know, I went to, you know, kind of grew up with, you know, writing short stories. I'd never written anything, you know, as long as a novel, uh, it was kind of more short stories that, you know, I went to the university and, you know, actually got my degree in English, um, kind of more focused, you know, on literary fiction and that sort of thing, more than creative writing. Um, and it wasn't actually until 2019 when I decided, you know, to take the leap and, uh, and write a novel. Um, you know, it's funny that, um, you know, I never thought I could write a novel. I kind of, you yeah. know, kept putting it off. It was one of those things. Yeah, maybe one day I'll, I'll do it. Um, in 2019, I kind of switched uh, switched careers a little bit. Um, I, I kind of ran my own web design business and um, kind of decided running, you know, running a business wasn't really what I wanted to do. So I, I was, st- I switched, I'm still doing web design after that, but uh, kind of more just an employee role. So I had this extra time on my hands. Um and so kind of in the fall of 2019, I had some friends that uh, convinced me to to run a half marathon with them, um, which I've never, I never ran. I was, you know, I was always a kid that got picked last in gym and I just decided, well, yeah, that I'll do something stupid with my friends. Like <laughs> I'm willing to do that. So, you know, and I had, you know, had the extra time now to train. I need something to keep myself busy. Um you know, and I promise this relates to, you know, my writing journey, even though it sounds like it, <laughs> like running. Um, but, you know, like, so I went from basically couch to half marathon in, you know, f- about three months. Wow. Um, managed to do it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I think I, like, I literally started my, like, I hadn't run 5k in August and I, and I ran, um, I ran, you know, the 20k, 21k in, in October. Like it was that, like, like literally couched, <laughs> couched yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. you know so the funny thing was you know afterwards um after i'd done it i had people coming up to me and were like you know congratulations way to you know cross something off your bucket list and and i just thought to myself you know off my bucket list it wasn't on my bucket list I just it kind of did it <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know it was kind of about that time you know and a, a few other you know um things came across my path where i was like you know maybe I should actually do something that is on my bucket list and, you know, write that, that novel I've always been meaning to do. Like I have, have the time now, so let's, let's do it. Um, and, you know, I had real, really no direction as far as anything as other than, you know, well, I'm going to just write this book. So, you know, I took, I kind of took the year from, from then. And of course, you know, this was the fall of 2019 that, that I started doing this. You know, in March 2020, COVID kind of happened. So <laughs> it freed up a little bit more extra time for me. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was fortunate with my, you know, with my day job, you know, I still was working, but I was working from home. So, you know, I gained a little bit of extra time. We weren't going out and doing things in the evening and whatnot. So, um, so yeah, so it was pretty much a solid year. Uh, and I had my first book, Lies the Guardians Tell, published in December of 2020. Um, and that was really what... Uh, what got me going so since then i've written six more books and uh yeah <laughs> it's been a it's been a journey that's it it's, that's pretty prolific for you know for just a couple of years six books and you know we talk about that a lot i don't think a lot of people you know really realize you know like how many books six is you know like yeah. you know i mean you know we try to try to express that to people and you know most people are like oh well that's cool and you're like no, I wrote six books though in two years. <laughs> yeah, I mean the time frame, right? You know, like, and it's it's funny, you know, that that first. I mean, like I said, the first one took me a year, and then once you know, once I had one written, I, you know, it's kind of you you pass a mental hurdle. It's like you know, I can, you know, it's kind of. I mean, it's the same way with running. You know, once I had passed, 
you know, 20 K I looked at a 10 K I was like, yeah, I can do that. Like, I, I know I can do it. I've done it before. So, you know, same kind of men- mentality with, with writing. Once I'd written that first book, I'm like, yeah, I can, I can do this again. Sorry. I got to so, try to take some notes. I'm going to write that down yeah. <laughs> I think about that, but, but you are right. That like mental aspect really does make yeah, it. Yeah. 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 You know, and that's, you know, that really, um, when I, started writing and, and well even now you know a lot of what you know because I'm a podcast listener and you know I you know I listen to a lot of podcasts so when I started running I started listening to running podcasts you know and and really started to you know hone into the mindset of you know visualization and um, you know you're able to do more than your your brain tells you you can do so um it's, it's really a lot of the same processes in running as writing, even though it's not, you know, as physical of an activity, a lot of it's just, you know, mindset and not letting your brain tell you you can't do it. Um, so, yeah, um, you know, I, I was able to, you know, push through kind of using some of the same, you know, visual, visualizations and just not, you know, let those, those times when it's tough stop you because that's what your brain wants, right? Your brain wants yeah, to yeah. not let you do it if, or tell you you can't do it if, if time gets tough, right? So, yeah. Yes. No, I, I definitely understand that. I, I people, people people ask me, they're like, "How do you how do you how do you write?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm a martial artist. I'm like, I'm got multiple black belts in Taekwondo. I'm like, I've done several others. I think I'm I, don't even, I forget. I think I think I'm ranked in like four other martial arts now. And it's like at this point, it's just about the process. You know, I really I like yeah. I love learning. You know, and you know." I'm working on my black belt for karate and that's always been a lifelong goal. And then I'll probably go back to some other things, but yeah, it's like, once I got that first one, I was like, Oh yeah. And you know, you know, the, you know, all the steps, right. And you know, the, the right. ups and the downs. So I, I always liken that to writing, you know, and I'm like, well, if yeah. I can do this and physically get beat up by people for like, you know, more than half my life at this point, I think I can <laughs> you know, sit down at a computer and do it, you know, in my head uh to somebody else and you know right yeah 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 a lot of you know a lot of it's finding about finding that rhythm too right like when i found when i was running i'd get to a a certain point i'm like okay i just have to keep doing this for you know you you don't have to like you know you just have to you know convince your brain that you know i'm already doing this i just have to not stop (laughs) and you know sometimes writing is the same way like it's just getting in the groove of putting the words (laughs) down and not not letting your brain stop and want to check Facebook or check, you know, Instagram or whatever else, you know, it's a lot of, it's just the mindset of, you know, let's keep this rhythm happening. <laughs> yeah. 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 And just yeah. like going out in the cold and running <laughs> uh, <laughs> sometime like today, so today's like kind of, I don't know. I felt like it was like a weird day. Like there's certain things in the news and stuff that were going on. And um, yeah, like one of my icons uh, unfortunately passed away. Uh, one of my lifelong heroes and I was just like I don't feel like writing today and then yeah. I'm like oh I'm like but I have to because then somebody shared a TikTok of him literally saying you know like about him talking pursuing your dreams and things so I was like well the best thing to do is to sit down in the chair today you know and, and to get some writing done um you know yeah. it was like it was very it was a very poetic experience I guess um but yeah like you know my buddy mentioned that the other day he's like I was like what you do uh, what'd you do this week? He goes, oh, I broke my hand. 
I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, well, how are you going to write? He's like, ah, I've just been writing with my right hand. <laughs> oh, wow. I, wow. You know what I mean? And I'm like, well, if he could do that, I'm like, I should be, you know, so I got yeah, no chair. excuse. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, type it away, you know, and it wasn't good, but I did it, you know, and that's how I, I, I think it's a great analogy. I think sometimes that's how I feel after running because I'm like, well, it wasn't great, but Definitely. I did it. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you feel so much better once it's done. Right. And you're like, I'm glad yeah. I did that. Right. Rather than yeah. rather than having to, to think all day about, oh, should I or should I shouldn't I? Right. Just <laughs> get it over with and, and, and get it get it done. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, I, I've been breaking mine and I was just talking about this recently. And a couple people said that that helped them out. So I'll mention it again. Um, you know, where I've been I was I was listening to this one podcast. And like I said, before we got recorded, I listened to way too many. So like you, I like motivational ones. So. I was listening to this one like motivational slash workout one while I was at the gym. And this guy was like, yeah, I just, I break everything down that I don't want to do in 20 minute in, you know, increments. He's like, but I do it every day. He's like, so I like running, I'll run for 20 minutes. I'll stop. <laughs> He's like, you know, I sometimes I'll keep going, but sometimes I'll just stop, you know? And he, then um, he wrote a book and he was like, I just sat down, wrote for 15 to 20 minutes every day. And I'm like, man, like, and I've been yeah. starting to do that more and more with different things. So I think that, right. you know, like, I, you know, any progress is progress, you know? So I think right. a lot of people think it's got to be, lead. I tell my students that all the time, I'm like, just improve one thing today, you know, don't, right. you want to try and improve 10 things, like feel free, but you know, really just got to work on that one thing. So I think that's, yeah. That's so. Yeah. You know, it's so easy to look at the big picture of something and get overwhelmed. Like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm writing a novel. How am I going to write a novel? Well, you don't have to write a novel right now, right? Write yep. a page, right? You know? Yeah. Like you said, sit down and write for 15 minutes and you know, a little bit of consistent effort over time adds up to a lot. Right. So um, that's, <sighs> really there's no other there's no other way to to write a book than one you know one page at a time so um don't worry about you know 300 pages just <laughs> you just gotta write one right now or even a paragraph right now right so yeah definitely. well it's funny you mentioned that because i um oh my gosh i'm trying to remember if i was listening to joe amber crombie i thought it was joe amber crombie uh i could have swore it was him for his first book um where i could have swore it was him that wrote on the train um or like the trolley and i think he had like 35 40 minutes and like that's just like what he did i heard a couple other people same thing and i'm like yeah 30 30 minutes when you really break it up even if you do two writing sprints you know it really isn't that long you know once you start getting into yeah. it it really goes really quick so yeah yeah I, and i'll find i'm more productive in a 30 minute sprint than i am if i have three hours <laughs> you know this if you've got a if you've got a dedicated 30 minutes it's sometimes you know you can you because you know you only have this amount of time to do it right so yeah yep. well that's my buddy he's like how are you gonna write with the kid around i was like i think he's gonna make me more productive because anytime <laughs> anytime like i'm right now i'm not in season i'm you know i'm I don't know. I'm, I I feel like I'm less productive right now than, than I was in the fall. In the fall, I had everything down to a science and I actually got more written than now. I'm like, oh, I can do it later. I could do it tomorrow. And I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I've been lazy this yeah. month and it sucks because it's, you know, NaNoWriMo. But, um, but yeah, it's, yeah, I, I think doing those increments, you know, I, I've been trying to train myself really to do the writing sprints, uh, even, you know, 10 minutes and just get three of them you know, per day. Yeah. Yeah. Just get That's it. That's a good get way it. to do it. Yeah. Just, just get it in when you can get it in, you know, just. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Story of our lives. Right. Uh, so for the second question there, what genres do you currently write in and how did you choose those? Yeah. So, I mean, right now I currently have um, multiple flavors of science fiction. 
uh, as I like to <laughs> like to call it. Um, <laughs> I've got a, <laughs> um, I've got a kind of a wide uh, sci-fi dystopian series. I've got an apocalyptic thriller, um, again sci-fi series, and then my my newest book here, Eclipse, that just uh, will have come out, is um, more of a space adventure. Um, so I mean, I grew up on sci-fi. It's you know something that's always been a part of um, who I am, and uh, you know I I grew up watching Star Trek: The Next Generation with my dad. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's something that, uh, you know, as long as I can remember, you know, sci-fi has been always been something that that's captivated me. So, um, you know, between sci-fi and, you know, I kind of came into to fantasy a little later on um, after that. But, you know, science fiction was just I, I can't imagine writing anything outside of, you know, either sci-fi or fantasy, <laughs> to be honest, if it doesn't have a little bit of, you know, either magic or something a little fantastic, then um, it's, you know, it's doesn't take you out of this world, <laughs> which I think, you know, a lot of us reading those genres, you know, really, and really enjoy those elements of something, you know, something a little different than what, you know, what the day to day is. So, um, yeah. So when I, you know, when I first started writing, um, you know, um, like, like I said, Lies of the Guardian Cell is my first book, so, uh, you know, a bit of a YA dystopian um, series. And uh, I was telling you before the show, it's, you know, or before we started recording, it's got a little bit of a, you know, fantasy element to it. You know, I've had reviewers say it kind of reads more like an epic fantasy. Um, and that kind of, you know, I do read, I mean, I do read an epic fantasy as well. So that kind of played into that as well. I think I was, you know, still reading Wheel of Time when, <laughs> when I was going, when I was writing that. So, you know, those elements um, play into it. You know, it's, it's a hero's journey and that's, you know, kind of typical for the epic fantasy, right? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I guess, I mean, long story <laughs> short to answer your question. It's just, it's something that's, that's a genre that has always been inspiring to me. Um, I love thinking about, what we might be able to do where oh, yeah. you know what our current you know what our current circumstances where things are leading um and yeah and just you know imagining what what might be yeah yeah well my friend made a good point she said when i interviewed her um way way back in the beginning of season one um you know where she was like well she was i like both she was i'd like fantasy because i she's like even though if it's set in a different world she's like it's usually you know in the past and she's like, and sci-fi is looking to the future. And she's like, it's nice to have, you know, both of those, which you can go one way or the other for, for a different flavor. Uh, different Absolutely. Bit, well. And I'm like, that's a really good way to state that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I mean, I same thing. I mean, I, you know, growing up with Star Trek, um, oh my gosh, I was just looking at Roku for free. The channel does Farscape, um, Sliders, you know, yeah. I mean... Like, I feel like 70s to, like, 90s were just, like, some of the best, you know, sci-fi. Yeah, absolutely. You got, and then, yeah, you, you know, got, like, the Stargate and, you know, oh, all, Stargate. All that yeah, I was just about right? to say yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> you got so many great shows that came from, you know, from that time period. And then you had all the, you know, the subsequent ones and things like that. And then now I, I kind of like it now because yeah. I feel like people like us, you know, like, we pull from those great particularly science fiction um you know elements mm -hmm. um you know and i think it's yeah i think that's what's nice about sci-fi for me is like i i grew up on sequest stargate sg1 yeah. um x files um oh my gosh yeah, we must have been we must have been watching the same the same yeah. channels at the same oh time my right? gosh. the sci-fi <laughs> channel you know i was just talking yeah. to some students about this they're like why do you i'm like you know i'm like my grandpa he actually got me into um, he's really big into westerns really big into martial arts like not himself but he loved watching it 
Um, so, but like, you know, we would watch, which I never realized till later, we watched a lot of sci-fi. I mean, a lot of sci-fi. I watched the original Battlestar Galactica with him. Um, yeah. Buck Rogers, um, you know, just if it was sci-fi, he loved it. And, right. but we watched a lot of, you know, like the the TV version of Conan. Um, okay. And, and a lot of things like that and he was the one to show me Beastmaster Beastmaster 2 um you know just, just a lot of a lot of great my 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 mom said recently she was he ruined you she was like there's no way <laughs> besides fantasy and sci-fi you know yeah, right and, yeah yeah like history is another one like I mean he had me watching all these history documentaries by like age four so my mom's like that's all you do are those three things so, uh, yeah what a great time yeah well I, my buddy and i were um we were both having children and really soon within the next couple of months and we're making a list of you know like um movies video games that they have to play movies they have to watch mm -hmm. and you know things like that so we were having a really good time you know going back and forth of course like alien yeah predator you know, and I'm like, just so many cool ideas, you know, like, it's kind of crazy to think of Absolutely. how many neat movies, you know, and things and TV shows and stuff like that. Power Rangers, you know, uh, yeah. Galaxy Quest with Tim Allen. I mean, just a lot of right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's super cool. I have to say, I love seeing your covers, by the way. Um, oh, thank you. They all look really, really good. Um, I'll try and save that question for, for a little later, but they look really good. Yeah, behind no I'm jealous. I want to flip my desk around by next year so I can have mine behind me. My wife's like, it's going to be weird because your desk is going to be in the middle of the floor. I'm like, well, then people, when they come down the stairs, they have to like check in with me uh, to get into the library. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it kind of worked out well. I just, I actually just had these printed. Um, I had a couple of signing events the last couple of weeks. So, you know, I had them kind of done up for that. So um, it's nice to have and nice to, you know, have a spot to put them. Yeah. Um, I mean, as you can tell, I'm kind of, you know, in our, kind of spare room here with the peloton behind me and everything else so but um but it's a good spot that's okay i'm slowly with the baby coming i'm slowly losing my giant man cape and eventually i'm gonna be in this like little office corner um but yeah i definitely definitely know that feeling <laughs> uh so the question that i am really excited to ask um i'm pretend like i didn't look anything up online or anything or um check any of your websites or socials but what is your yeah. book eclipse about and how did you come up with this idea yeah so eclipse um so yeah my my latest uh book which uh when this comes out um will have, will have just have released so um it's a space adventure um i mean the premise of the book itself is you know we're we're a couple hundred years in the future um climate change has basically devastated the world climate wars kind of destroyed you know, the rest and, and who was left and, you know, kind of the remnants of people were, it was decided to, that they should be shipped off the planet and, um, you know, put into space stations circling the earth basically to, you know, in, into a survival habitat. Um, well, um, at the time too, we've had kind of a space program. Um, so other people were living on Mars and the moon and, and that sort of thing at the time. So, um, but, um, you know, the people who are in the space stations, and I feel like I'm rambling a little bit here, but no, no. <laughs> um, those who are in the space stations, you know, they were led, you know, their kind of ancestors um, but at this time, their ancestors kind of decided that to keep the peace in the in the space stations, they weren't allowed to know that there was anybody else outside of the space stations, just so that they wouldn't, you know, kind of riot and rebel. Um, so these people have been led to believe that, you know, they're the only 
once left of humanity. Um, what they don't, what they don't know is that there are some people still living on, on earth who didn't leave the elites kind of took over the few places that were still habitable and, um, you know, aren't allowing anyone back on, onto the planet. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the setup. <laughs> um, so, you know, the book itself then, um, follows two protagonists. Um, there's, uh, Django who lives on, on one of the space stations, and um, there's Mika, who's a former space pirate, who is um, kind of turned into a contractor who's shipping goods, you know, kind of in, in between um, spaceports and space bases and, and the moon colonies and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, so. Uh... <laughs> oh, sorry. Look like yeah, Sorry, I, I just I couldn't help but laugh because like, like I said, like I grew up on sci fi. I grew up reading sci fi. And it's funny now I've read a lot of fantasy, but I think it's because I I've encountered so much sci fi. Um, I got like a weird relationship with writing. It's almost hard for me to write. I think I'm a more natural writer with fantasy, but I absolutely love the space pirate. Like I, that <laughs> is like a trope. Like um, there were a couple of indie books that I read the last couple of years where they were like, I didn't even get to line three. They were like, blah, 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 space pirate. I bought it and read it and loved it. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's one of those tropes. They say tropes bring you in. They are talking about me. Like, if it's yeah. a space pirate, I am so there. It's not even funny. So, right, yeah, awesome. Yeah, I mean, me too. It's it's a fun it's a fun concept to play with, right? So, um, so I mean, with that point of view, um, so she kind of, you know, Mika was a like I said, was a former space pirate turned contractor. Um, there's a few incidents in her past that you know, um, made her kind of decide that she needed to to find a little bit more of a legitimate trade. Mm. Um, her mother got sick she needed to take care of her mother and she had some some guilt associated with that um so when the um, when her storyline opens in the book um another space pirate has tracked her down and basically um tells her that you know she needs her help and from there mika's life kind of spirals out of control <laughs> and that's that's kind of where i'll leave that because it kind of that's where kind of where the story opens with her plot line um Django on the other hand like I said he's kind of a farmer on, on one of the um the space stations um and a glitch a glitch in the software of the space station kind of reveals the viewport and the true view of what's outside of of the station um and basically as a result his entire family is is killed in what what has been you know called a, a hull breach in the station um where and then his uncle informs him that it wasn't actually a hull breach but they've been lied to and what he saw outside was the truth so he has to go on a journey of you know discovery and and find out what you know what's really going on so their past kind of you know we kind of follow each of their journeys a, a little separately and and it, go, it kind of goes from there oh wow yeah i like that a lot of conflict <laughs> there i like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah a lot going on but you know it's really uh setting the stage for kind of a bigger uh a bigger scene so yeah I like that. I like how you took the space farmer trope too, and you just kind of yeah <laughs> turned it around and made it really unique. That's really cool. Oh, yeah, cool. definitely. Yeah, yeah. So you know where, and I think you asked where you know where I got the idea from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a it's a funny thing because I wrote a short story, kind of a sister short story to it called called Infinity, um, which is available on my on my website for as a free download. But um, I wrote it for a, a short story anthology that uh, that came out last year. Um, and really, um, I kind of started out with, you know, just a, 
just a mental image of basically the, the space station and a viewport flicking off and showing something that wasn't that what you know that hadn't been something you'd ever thought of be- happening before and then and then flicking back off and wondering what you know what the heck just happened mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was you know the visualization that kind of started it and i wrote the short story of like no there's a really interesting universe happening here mm-hmm. um so i i just felt the need to expand it and it kind of turned into kind of turned into a series so Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my friend if i could tell you how many of my short stories are novellas my friend always yeah. teases like i got a novella idea he goes i look forward to reading your next trilogy <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's and that's exactly what this turned into so it's the plan is for three a set of three books oh, and cool. we'll kind of see how it goes from there yeah yeah so you know eclipses will be out now but by the time this comes out i'm currently as as we speak about a third to halfway done the first draft of book two so that's coming along yeah see i told you he was fast guys (laughs) (laughs) oh that's awesome why i look forward to to reading eclipse i have to say i absolutely love the cover like when i was scrolling through uh tiktok that was like the thing that really Hmm. um, stuck out to me um Like right away and i was like oh that's really cool <laughs> i was thinking yeah my cover it. designer did such an amazing job with it yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I, you know i could he it came back and i was just floored i was like no you nailed it like that's um i was i'm really happy with how it turned out yeah like uh i mean i used to teach the ever always like ooh, and i like, I, I taught design because nobody else would do it and i had an art background i really originally was going to be an illustrator um, my mom's an interior designer, so I feel like I, I got a pretty good eye from her, um, mainly, you know, years of dressing myself wrong. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I love the color scheme there, though. Um, and for our audience um, who's on audio or YouTube, you just have to go to the description and check out Eclipse. Um, but yeah, those colors like really, really pop. I mean, the blue that's down there, you know, for the planet and I just think once you go to like the purple and then you get like the, like the pinks and reds, I mean, it just, it, I feel like it really draws your eye. Uh, I really like how oh, your title, you. um, the lettering for your title. I feel like that's so sci-fi. Um, I like yeah. how your name too at the bottom. I mean, they really, he really, they, sorry, I'm assuming here, but they placed yeah. everything. So, um, totally, um, yeah, there was something else I was going to say. Oh, I really like how, um, I feel like there are a lot of um, sci-fi books where the ship is actually faced to the right. Um, right. I don't know why that like is a thing. Um, if that was like, you know, a design thing that a lot of people do. Um, but I like how yours is actually going to the left. It going just, to the left. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. It, just, it looks a lot <laughs> different, but in a good way. And I think it makes it a little bit more unique um, for the genre. Uh, but who, who, did, right. who did your, um, your cover? Um, covers by Christian. I don't know if you've seen he's on I mean he's on Facebook and and that sort of thing but um he's yeah he's a different cover designer than than who I've used for for previous um previous my previous books but um he just knocked it out of the park I you know it's a new kind of new universe new series for me so I really wanted something to to stand out and um he he nailed it so yeah I uh I get so many compliments on on this cover so I'm I'm really happy how how it turned out yeah that's terrific Sorry, I jumped the gun there. I was trying to ask you who nope. did your cover, and I already knew who did your cover. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, um, it's all good. Sometimes I forget. Uh, but yeah, it was. I get geeky about the book covers. I love art. Um, yeah, but I thought that yeah. was great. Uh, who did your other book covers? Uh, Mibble Art. They're a company based out of the Ukraine. 
yeah so uh they did a great job um yeah like i said just, it was just a new universe for me i just kind of wanted to, to take a step out in a different uh different direction so yeah i and i mean I, they did a great job with my previous covers i have no no yeah, yeah. bad to say about them either yeah yeah well I'm, I'm glad i'm glad you know my buddy and i we we really narrowed it down i think to them honestly um okay yeah one of several authors that you know have really um had like i because I, I don't like to like look them up i like to find people whose covers i really enjoy and then yeah. find out you know who and i do recommend this to audience members too you know like find people whose books you want to pick up um you Definitely. know like when i do sci-fi eventually which will be in the next couple of years hopefully i can get it together um you know that I mean christian did an amazing job so that would yeah. be somebody you know i would try to you know go after and yeah he you know he was someone i was following for you know basically since i started and i mean he's a bit pricier obviously yeah, 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 than yeah. Not, you know middle artist so I, you know that's why i kind of held off on on booking him but um like i said a new series that you know i thought no now's the time to to uh to get him so yeah really? and he blew away i mean i had high expectations and he blew those away so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so hard too i mean you know there's I don't want to dissuade anybody. I, I think that, you know, like write what you want to write, but um, yeah. for covers for sci-fi, I feel like it's so hard, um, you know, to, to make yourself stand out. And yeah, you know, particularly with the outer space, the type of cover, you know, that he did for you. I mean, it's really hard to stand out there. And that one to me, like yeah. I, mean, I had looked at a lot of sci-fi. Um, so I'm trying to find more sci-fi authors to come on. It's just, apparently I'm always in these, fantasy circles i'm like no i love sci-fi i'm like i want more sci-fi authors to come and like i said i'm not very good at writing it i love reading it though um so i want to you know talk to more of you and figure out what's going on um but you know you right. were quite a few algorithms for me for you know for sci-fi authors and that's where like cool. i remember that cool. the day where i was like dang that is really cool um and that's you know yeah. where I did to my potential list for season three but yeah he did fantastic job there that's sweet yeah well i won't give up on my tiktok then since apparently it's doing something so <laughs> i liked it i mean yeah yeah i you know it's, it's so this is what i do like when this episode comes out um all of your book covers um will be i i save and then i actually run them through tiktok and even if the algorithm only gets like, I think right now my last episode who would be uh, Omaira, uh, oh sorry, Omaira Velez, she's current. I think it was like three hundred fifty people, but three hundred fifty people just looked at that TikTok, and who knows if she only gets five solid readers out of that, but that could be five mm -hmm. readers that she'll have forever. Like you know, there's That's certain right. yeah. I'll buy everything, and then I'll buy them for my friends. You know, then I'll buy the yeah. author, and then my wife hates it, but then I'll buy their paperbacks too um you know right. copies or kickstarters or something like that so you never yeah. know you know yeah you know and i and i've heard you know some other authors talk about that too you know because i mean tiktok's starting to become a you know a pretty big thing for authors and yeah. i mean if you had i mean a lot and some authors will say well i'm only getting two three hundred views and you know i, I had a another author say you know if you were standing up in front of a room of 300 people, that'd be pretty good, right? Like, yeah. it's yep. you know, it feels different when it's a number on, on your screen and other, you know, other authors might be getting, you know, hundreds of thousands of views, but, you know, 300 people is 300 people. So you never know, like, yeah, if you find that one fan, that'll follow you forever, right? So, yeah, you know, I'm happy to be on there. It's, you know, it's a it's a different platform for me. It's taken some time to to figure to <laughs> figure it out, but, you know, it's a, it's a fun place to be and it's just a, yeah, I mean, you got to be careful not to waste your waste your afternoon on it. But oh yeah, yeah, I because <laughs> the algorithm is too good. It really is. It yeah. knows what you want to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when I, you know, they're just like 
that's the only bad thing about me now is I'll be like, oh, I, I literally set a timer for myself, like in my head. I'm like, okay, 15 minutes. And then yeah. now, I just, like I said earlier, I just have too many book people, <laughs> which is a good and bad problem to have. But I'll just be like, oh, yeah. that's a really cool book. And I'm just like writing people down or, you know, or saving stuff or trying to message people. So I think I need to go back to actually setting the physical timer. That way I don't you know, get too caught up. <laughs> I mean, I, it could have been too bad. I found you on there. So you know, hopefully it's uh, the algorithms working for all of us eventually. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Good point you made though. Yeah, if you could even reach a hundred people per time, you know, yeah. I mean, eventually, and that's kind of what I was telling you before we got started with, you know, I've read that article where they're like, you know, most people they want, obviously we all want to get on the TikTok or from, you know, my goal for this podcast is for just one time, just one time I want to share something for an author and have it get like a hundred thousand views. Right. Yeah. Just because I want, I know that's going to help with their sales. Like that's the only thing Absolutely. I really want <laughs> out of this podcast. Like I used to do it because I, I, I was one of those people where I was like, well, I don't want to ask for things because everybody in the community always asks for things, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I want to give something, you know? And then now I just got so involved in all of your lives and I care about you. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I just really want, and my buddy, he goes, well, one of these days you have to ask for something. I'm like, yeah, one of these days. I'm like, for now though, that is my big goal. And if I could hit, cool. you know, like one of my friends got like 1.5 million views on TikTok. I'm like, right. that's yeah. why I do them, you know? So this episode will be on there too. So if anybody wants to go on TikTok, follow me and Herman and, you know, hear it <laughs> and like it, uh, that'd be great. Make it blow Absolutely, up. Absolutely. Yeah. That'd be yeah, fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> it make me so happy one of these days. Uh, so that fourth one there, when it comes to characterization, what do you find is mm -hmm. the most important to you as a writer and why? Yeah, so I mean, for what I try to do with my characters is is really give them a motivation for for doing what they're doing. Um, you know, I have an I have an indie author friend um, named uh, his his name is S W Miller. He writes urban fantasy, but he also does you know some nonfiction as as far as writing goes. Um, so I'll give him a shout out. But he he talks about um, a character having a scar and a wound. Um, or a wound and a scar, I guess, in the, the other order. So, you know, something that's happened to them that, you know, creates a scar and from which they're, you know, it kind of creates their motivation for for what they're doing. So, um, you know, for example, with uh, I mentioned Mika early, a bit earlier in Eclipse, you know, her, you know, her wound is that, you know, she she left it, you know, kind of be, her, her mother to become a pirate. And in the meantime, her mother got sick. Um, and so when, by the time she got back, her mother was, you know, basically on her, on her deathbed and she, you know, she blames herself a lot for that. So it's kind of, that was her motivation for becoming, um, you know, a legitimate contractor. That was her motivation for, you know, starting a new life and, and for a lot of the decisions that she makes. And then from there, you know, it kind of, you can kind of see what they desire and what they need out of that. And that really drives the plot forward for, for that character. Um, you know, especially as I, grow as a writer I really try to have you know more character driven based plots rather than just you know action beat after action beat you know I want there to be some sort of motivation for what my characters are doing um so that's really you know the most important thing to me is just that there's you know they're you know they're a person they have you know we all have things that drive us we have reasons why we do the things we do um so especially when you're looking at you know um stories that are are on a grander scale they're there needs to be a reason for, you know, the motivations or for the actions that they take, um, you know, and for Mika as well, like she's got, um, you know, the mother is kind of, her mother is kind of a smaller scale um, that kind of drives her, 
what she does for book a lot of book one. Um, she also had, you know, at the same kind of time she had an accident. Um, she was kind of, I kind of briefly talked about it in Eclipse. It plays more to, has more to play in book two. But, um, you know, her, she had a crew that died because of a mistake she made during a heist as a pirate. Not really, you know, she really holds some baggage because of that. And that that drives a much wider arc for her. It's kind of something that she hasn't even admitted that she needs to deal with yet. Um, you know, so there are layers of things that drive us. It's not just one thing that in her past that, you know, that you know drives what we do day to day there's lots of lots of things going on so yeah. i try to give my my characters a little bit of depth as far as you know what what purpose they have and, and why they decide to do what they do i just want that to make state, sense. yeah it makes total <laughs> sense i totally agree i just want to state now for our audience because this is coming out in february i did not steal herman's idea for motivation for his character for mine okay <laughs> we as humans only have so many different motivations so right yeah it's yeah. funny that, you said that i have a character who has a similar motivation um with having a crew that um he was responsible for then things did not go well and that's okay literally what drives him um you i like how you said that this is why i interview people um and i'm sure people that have listened have been like oh well some people might be like, oh, well, yeah, Herman said what like, you know, four or five other guests have said about motivation. But and this is what I always tell my kids, too, in school is they're like, oh, I can't say that my answer now. So and so already said it. I'm like, but what if you say it in a different way where we learn something new? Right. And I feel like how you just explain motivation makes a lot of sense because we know characters need to be motivated. Like we all know that. But what you just said is more making them more relatable and treating them like they're an actual person, right. which is characterization in a nutshell, right? Making them feel real. Yeah. So I, I like what you did there. And I actually really like how you said and stated that answer. Um, that makes me think differently about character mm. motivation. Cause I think a lot of people right. think it's like, Oh, they have to go get this thing. You know, like I yeah. got, he, he's got to go get this thing. Well, no, it's it's not really about that. It's about <laughs> yeah, he goes and gets the thing and gets the protection, the money, um, gets a different life, tries to leave yeah. death, traumas behind. You know, it's it's totally different, yeah. and that's what we do, right, as people. So I think treating your characters like they're real people and finding out their yeah. intrinsic motivations makes a yeah, lot for of sure. Sense. Yeah, yeah, they you know they might be uh, yeah they may be going to get you know x thing you know the whatever item it is that you're they're on a quest to get but why you know why is that important to them you know why why do they want that why do they you know yeah everyone wants money but there's a reason why you know a lot of us want money and it might be you know it might be something simple it doesn't have to be you know some catastrophic catastrophic event for them but you know what you know you're going to make your character a lot more relatable and believable if there's that driving force behind it rather than oh well they're going to get the treasure because treasure's cool like yeah. it, it is but you yeah. know it's not that's not a very deep story right yeah. so yeah <laughs> no yeah that it, it makes you think back to um oh the, the clive custler novels you know um with dirk and everything and um my friend's like i love the stories he's like i love the character he's like but sometimes i wonder what his motivation really is like right. you know and but I, I think Clive Custler does a good job um and this was back I think we were talking to high school but 
you know, as an adult now with have reading Clive Cussler and, you know, and more importantly, analyzing as an author, I'm like, well, there's a lot of situations that he's pulled into, you know, that give him different motivations, um, you know, and, yeah. it, it, you know, it could be preservation. Like, and I think a, my friend made a good point today. It's like, it's like Indiana Jones, you know, he's like, he goes out after stuff all the time, but you know, the thing that makes those movies great, I think, and I think he would agree is that, you know, it's that motivation behind why Indy is trying to do, you know, this thing or find this thing, you know? And I think even yeah. if you have, you know, the two, you know, the two movies where it's like, you know, um, Raiders um, and then Lost Ark, you know, or Last Crusade, you know, I mean, they're still trying to fight the Nazis, you know, but there's completely different motivations uh, behind that for him at that time, which I think also makes sense because yeah. we're all motivated differently at different times, you know, in yeah. our life. I think that makes Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, you know, I think, you know, it's why they had to change the format of James Bond, too, you know, like, yep. Yep. you know, the, the, you know, the old James Bond movies, it was just action scene after action scene, right? Yep. And, you know, audiences got bored of that. So, you know, when yep. it came to the, was it, was it Casino Royale? What was the first one with? Uh, yeah, Casino Royale, and why am I blanking on the second one? I love yeah, this. So, yeah, that was really good. Yeah, so I mean, they gave they gave Bond a bit more. You know, they gave him a wound really in that yeah. in that movie, and you know, changed the format a bit, and it you know, and it did you know was the most successful Bond movie in in ages because of that, right? So, yeah. um, you know, they added a little bit of more depth of character to what to what they had done with Bond up until that point. Yeah, I made a good point. That's a good point. He's like, there's more gravitas after that. He's like, I felt like the the stakes were higher. You know, like he mm -hmm. knew he was going to save the world or the country or whatever. Um, you know, but like, yeah, it just it felt like the stakes were higher. And yeah, I mean, his personal wounds definitely came out there. I think that was the thing, though, is yeah. that going back to your answer, though, they made him more likable. I think by giving him that wound. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, absolutely. I mean, unless you had read the sorry if anybody hasn't read James Bond, but if you hadn't <laughs> read the books, you you know, you wouldn't know that, you know, he had that wound. Um, you know, the yeah. Pierce Brosnan and you know, and Sean Connery, um, you know, James Bond, you know, and particularly the Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Not that he wasn't a great actor, great Bond, but yeah, I think those stories were like you said, were meant to do a specific thing. But um, Yeah, you know, and they you know, like I said, yeah, they're actually, you know, action scenes, which are fun, but at some point, what else do you do with that? Because you're just trying to make cooler action scenes and, and it, you know, it just becomes repetitive, right? Because there's no, they don't have that motivation other than, you know, stopping the villain and saving the girl, but, you know, okay, well. <laughs> My friend literally said it at one point. Well, when we were discussing, it's funny that you mentioned that. I never realized this conversation that another writing friend and I had, but he's like, Dan, he's like, it's literally like opening action scene. We meet the villain. Um, Bond does something cool, gets things from, you know, from Q, um, meets the femme fatale, gets yeah. into trouble. And then it, it goes, it's literally like cookie yeah. cutter. The same template over and over. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. Not that I didn't love Tomorrow Never Dies, guys. That's not no, no, absolutely. They, they were fun <laughs> movies and they did yeah. what they needed to do. But there's a reason why the, you know, the, um, the appetite for Bond movies, you know, started to start to yeah. decline, right? Yeah. Quantum of Solace. That was the second one, right? Quantum of Solace. Oh, they yes. were in the desert. I, so. I could yeah. not believe, uh, like, I well, and then my friend said he's like, well, it's hard to give him a. I don't know. He was like, he goes, I was impressed that they expanded upon the wound, 
And then I feel like every time they did that, like you just feel more and more bad for him. Um, you know, <laughs> you keep going and you just keep thinking like the stakes can't be higher, but somehow from a writer standpoint, you're like, the stakes are higher. And um, we talk a lot about the, that, you know, the Daniel Craig, James Bond series. Cause I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I thought they were written really well. And I was just like, how do you constantly, you know, they up the ante with, like you said, you know, and I agree yeah. with, that. I mean, the action was still great, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, oh absolutely absolutely i just think the story just keeps getting better and better um personally yeah. but yeah oh, that's awesome that's a great reference right there <laughs> considered that before uh so for that fifth one so what do you find the biggest differences are writing science fiction compared to dystopian yeah um so the biggest difference and i'll just like between like you know my lies of the guardian series and my new um eclipse and the fractured orbit series um that it's the first book in um the biggest difference you know there i didn't really do a lot of any research for for lives of the guardians it's you know futuristic it's more like i said it's it reads a bit more like a fantasy book but you know there's still artificial intelligence and whatnot um which i i mean i have a little bit of, of background in but it's really fa- a fantastical story more than anything um with eclipse i really wanted not that it's hard sci-fi by any stretch of the ma- imagination but i wanted to make it believable you know it's yeah there's sense. no there's you know there's no faster than light technology there's no um you know it's we're not getting to aliens or anything yet it's it's you know we're we're colonizing the moon we're colonizing mars we're in space stations i wanted to have an element of realism to it so i did a lot more research as far as what's you know theoretical you know what's possible and that sort of thing i mean i won't claim that it's you know 100% accurate or <laughs> by by any means but i looked at you know what are they looking at you know we have we have a space program right now that's looking at colonizing the moon and, and going to mars so what are they planning what you know what concepts are are they doing and, and what's that going to look like so i've got you know people living in lava tubes you know underneath the moon because that's something that they're considering i've got wow. um you know looking at how space station you know gravity might work and and how you know how they might grow food and, and that sort of thing and none of it's really that um it's all kind of baked into the plot you know i don't go into great detail about any of it but i wanted it to have a semblance of realism to it so you know, when we're looking at it, you know, the two things that I kind of wanted to explore a little bit, you know, are very topical for, for what's happening right now, you know, space exploration and climate change. Um, so I, I did want, an, you know, an element of, of realism. So, you know, the biggest difference between the two really was, you know, the kind of amount of research I, I kind of did. Um, I listened to a lot of you know space podcasts and talks and, and whatnot because i i mean i don't have time to sit and read scientific literature yeah. <laughs> unfortunately so <laughs> you know disclaimer you know there's a there's some youtube <laughs> information in my <laughs> but you know i try to get it from legitimate sources at least so um but you know a lot of that's cool that's that stuff's always interested me, in me you know it's it's something that that I put down for, you know, a couple of decades, you know, you kind of get out of high school and you don't have that free time to kind of, you know, l- listen to these cool things and, and, and whatnot. And, you know, it's been a while since, since I've had that free time. So while, you know, while I'm at my day job, I, you know, I can put on some background uh, science podcasts and, and whatnot and, and find out what's happening and what they're looking at doing. And um, yeah, it's a lot of fun actually. I, it's funny that you mentioned this. I don't know why I didn't consider sharing this with people, but 
that's what I've been doing. I have like a this is where I came up with the term like historical urban fans because they have like a the I don't like that. I was listening to a podcast and they're like, oh, the lost Roman legion. Now they think that it was actually a clerical error. And I'm like, so, so the one of the greatest historical mysteries of any time of where this like number two drafted like legion went was, oh, they just like went to back to Spain and we just lost the paperwork in an empire that was known for its clerical, you know, accuracy. Um, so I didn't like that. So I was like, I'm going to put it with zombies. And <laughs> um, being a history teacher, it's like I wanted to hit the Roman military history crowd pretty hard. Um, and like you say, you know, even if it's not 100% accurate, I got to get certain things right. You know, otherwise, yeah, I'm not going to hit that crowd. And I feel like, you know, yeah. sci-fi particularly is really uh, is like that, depending on what you're shooting for. Um, so yeah, I started listening absolutely. to podcasts and different YouTube videos um, from some different professors and things like that. Um, and I actually mm -hmm. did find some really good ones. I have one guy where it's only like 90 second um, YouTube videos, but he answers some really interesting and cool questions. Um, and I just have saved all of them. Um, when I learn, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And I'll just go back, you know, when I'm ready for writing that book again and kind of go through. Yeah. I hadn't considered science podcast. Duh. <laughs> like why? <did> <laughs> Like, I think you make a really good point there. You may not be able to do all the reading research, but we can all yeah. definitely listen to that at the gym while we're walking. So yeah. work, while we're working, you know, doing chores, things like that. And I think that is the future personally, when it comes to, you know, helping out authors to get that type of information. Absolutely. Absolutely. A, a great point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause like you said, like, I mean, I'm not, I don't claim that. The, I mean, that this is a hard sci-fi, um, you know, series by any, by any means, but, um, but yeah, there, you know, there's certain things, you know, okay, how, you know, how does, you know, how does the gravity actually, how's artificial gravity actually going to work? What can we do to, you know, even if it's just theoretical at this point, well, you know, what's, what are, what are things that people are looking at that we can do, you know, because you're, you're living on the moon, you're living on Mars. It's not, even if you're not on a space station, it's not the same gravity that we have here. So, so how's, like, is this actually something that, that they're looking into and this is something that's possible well it's not possible now but we've got some ideas so okay let's let's run let's run with that and at least even if it's not something that's i don't i don't you know go on you know big explanatory explanatory ideas or anything but if it's something's mentioned i want it to be able to be like okay i know that someone's looking at an idea for that at this point and yeah, there's yeah. some things that are you know more feasible than other things in in, in the book but um but that's that's sci-fi it's that's fiction to fictional as well for a reason right so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I it's funny that you bring that up because you know i had talked to a buddy in mine i'm like i just i love like the planets outer space when i start to do research like i just do like two weeks of research and i learn all these cool things but i don't get a lot of writing done um but yeah. that's what i wanted to do things are more realistic and he goes danny's like you love sci-fi you love fantasy. You're good at writing fantasy, but you want to write a sci-fi. He goes, what was your favorite sci-fi setting or story? I'm like, Star Wars, hands down. He goes, it's a sci-fi fantasy. He goes, just yeah. like that. So I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. That's genius. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, and like I said, I'm kind of a yeah. genre maverick. I, you know, I tend to kind of go all over and um, yeah, I, I would absolutely love to write a science fantasy, like a space fantasy. That'd be that'd be a lot of a lot of fun. But you know, you kind of have to you have to pick a kind of pick a lane, right? So yeah, you know, it's like, very true. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of lanes so, out there, though. So there are. 
there absolutely are so you know yeah with this series you know i wanted it you know i didn't want it to go the, the fantasy route um you know i'm okay if it's soft science fiction but you know there is a line between you know magic and, and tech that i wanted to keep on the science side so um yeah. you know kept it kept in that route whereas you know like i said lies the guardians tell it's a science i call it a science fiction dystopia but there's i mean they have magical powers that affect technology realistically like i kind of there's some genetic component to it but at this but it's like it's magic really like because it's it goes down that line <laughs> well, i like how you said space adventure i was like oh that's such a cool concept <laughs> that i had not like explored i'm like that sounds really really yeah. It just sounds so good. <laughs> and I like yeah, you know, ap apocalyptic thriller too. I wrote that down. I'm like, mm. those both sound really good. <laughs> yeah. You know, with the space adventure, you know, I'm trying to find that line too, between the, you know, space opera where it's not really going out to explore other planets and that sort of things. It's closer to earth. There's they're in space. It's, you know, it'll Amazon will probably put it in space opera, but it's, it's kind of not a space opera at the same time. I, I think if you like space opera, you'll probably like it. But um, my understanding of space opera is more, you know, explore exploring other galaxies and other planets and, and yeah. whatnot. So they're a um, hard crowd to a hard crowd to um, them and military sci-fi. I feel like um, and 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 certain yeah. romance uh, caveats like they're not the people you want to tick off. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's not. I mean, it's definitely not a military sci-fi. I mean, I, I, you know, at the conference I was at this last week, they were talking about the difference between a militaristic sci-fi and a military sci-fi, where you know, militaristic was more like Star Trek, where you know they're firing phasers at each other, but there's no like set command structure where military sci-fi is more there's a more structural component to how and the, the battles drive the plot yeah yeah so i mean some i know there's a lot of cross-drawn readers as well but yeah, you know yeah. there's those that like to stick in their you know military sci-fi lane or the space opera lane and you know but i think if you like space fiction you'll like you know you'll like eclipse um but yeah, just you know, you you don't want to brand it as something, and 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 it's not what people are were expecting, right? So, you know, I kind of say that you know, to, kind of what I have in in as comparables, it's you know, kind of like a Red Rising meets the Expanse. Like we're not, you know, we're we're not going out of the solar system, at least early Expanse. We're not going out of the the solar system. You know, it's it's kind of more near future and that sort of thing. Um, and Red Rising as well kind of has that dystopian element to it that. You know, there's a little bit more fantasy, I think, in Red Rising than than what I've got here. But, you know, it's the same location. At least. So, yeah. I was, I was so mad. I met Pierce uh, Brown years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. With Patrick Rothfuss, Brandon Sanderson, Kevin Hearn, Michael J. Sullivan. Oh, my God. There were so many cool authors there. And I on my old phone, uh, apparently it didn't upload things right when I switched it over. So I lost my pierce brown photos gone oh no um yeah there was some i um brian mccullen was there i had a couple photos with him and another author that i had to look up but yeah he was he was a cool guy oh, wow. he, and so he was like he was just really neat um yeah he was definitely one of the coolest authors i've met and you would not think cool he was just like oh yeah whatever you know and then he was like talking about <laughs> my writing i'm like no 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 no. i'm like we're gonna talk about your writing and then going that way and he actually talked yeah. to me about doing indie, which I at the time was about eight oh, years really? ago. Um, yeah, but everybody there was like super, super cool. 
Cool, cool. Yeah, it's one. I mean, that's one of my favorite series, and I'm I'm so excited that he just announced two more books in that series because it's. Uh, I absolutely love Red Rising, and you know the the sequels like so good, such good world world building. Like yeah, 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 uh, definitely very epic. Well, I think that Amazon. I think we got out of this episode that Amazon has to add a space adventure. <laughs> yes, <honor absolutely>. for <laughs> you. But I, but you know, I I'm thinking back though to how many people I've talked to who you know sci-fi authors, and almost every one of them, even if we weren't recording, had said the same type of thing. You know, and I definitely think that um. You know, like, like I always say to people, like, well, how do you think they got those genres to begin with? You know, like enough people like the book. Ask for it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think, uh, I think that's, uh, you know, definitely should be on their docket for the future. Um, Yeah, Yeah. should be a good one. Yeah, I would, I would, that would definitely be one of my favorite genres to look up. Yeah, me as well. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. So number six, one of my things I really am anxious to ask you about. How did you go about putting your press kit together? It was really <laughs> well done. It looks great. Um, I didn't know if you were comfortable sharing, you know, like a link to it or something like that, like a hyper yeah. so we could show people. That just was, it was a thing that came up that I was just talking to a buddy of mine about a while back. And we were actually trying to find a, a really good example and it was really hard. Um, so when okay. you sent me yours, I like sent it to him. I was like, I found one. And cool. he, goes, Very cool. he goes, you didn't find it. That guy <laughs> sent it to you. I'm like, well, either way. I found it. <laughs> well, you know, I wish I could take credit for the, te- you know, the um, structure that I used for it. Um, you know, I, I guess I created the press kit, you know, obviously to reach out to um, people like yourself, podcasters and, and book reviewers and that sort of thing, because I, one, I, I wanted an easy format for people to be able to look at and, you know, something to stand so out easy. a little bit right it was so, so i appreciate easy. it yeah. yeah so i mean if, if people go to the link i mean it, it includes the book blurb the, the uh, an author bio the isbns and my social media handles and all that it's just a kind of press sheet to to explain what the book is and and where to find out more about it so um i um i first heard about a press kit actually if people are familiar with book two people um with from jenna Moresi. Mm. Um, when I first started, you know, looking at self-publishing, um, cause when I first started writing, I assumed I'd be trying to get a traditional publishing deal. Like I think mo- a lot of writers do when they start writing, I, you know, to me, I didn't realize self-publishing was an option, a credible option still, like, even hey. in, you know, 2020, right. Um, and it wasn't until, and like I told you when I was, when I was running, yeah, I mean, podcasts is how I get information about anything. So I started listening to a number of a number of them and and you know she was one of the first ones that popped up on youtube um one of her early episodes she talked about putting together a press kit um for for this very reason to you know to send out to people you want to showcase your book to so um she has one on her website and i kind of i condensed it because her, hers was a little bit more than i thought was necessary um especially when i print because i print them out as well if i'm sending out arcs Oh, that's a great um, idea. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you can also include a little, like, you can include a personalized letter to go with it then, right? Um, and it just, it just someone gets it in the mail and they have a quick sheet of who this is. Like, because I'm sure, you know, a lot of these reviewers are getting a lot of requests. So, you know, it's just something that's easy to look at and stands out a bit. And that was my my take on it. Now, the design, like I, like I, I mentioned earlier, I had a background in web design. 
so like print design is is not too far off so i you know i kind of took um i went to indesign and, and kind of designed it up myself but um yeah that's that's really the, the background behind it like it definitely i won't take credit for the idea but i definitely it took me a while to go back because it, it was an older episode so it took me a while to go back and find it um oh. i hadn't done it for any of my other books um this book i really um wanted to to step out like i had a long release date like a long pre-order period for it yeah. i just wanted to make sure i'm getting it in the right people's hands so yeah. Well, it looked really good. You know, I get so many people, yeah. I get so many, especially on Twitter, like so many people want me to review books and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, you guys should have hit me up before the pandemic. Cause since then I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I went through this <laughs> weird, like now it takes me forever to finish a book. I used to like, I think it's right. going to be pulled in a lot of different directions and stuff. And I yeah. made a point, good point. He's like, well, you're writing like all the time now, or yeah. always think about your writing. Um, But yeah, so they send me all the time, but I mean, it, it looked really good, looked really okay. professional. Um, I've seen a couple of them um, here and there that I've tracked down. I didn't really like how they were put together. Um, but yeah, yours was definitely the best one that I've seen so far. Um, it looked really Thank good. You. So I would Thank you. I appreciate recommend. that. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to yeah. definitely steal it. And <laughs> absolutely, I, I, I stole. To... Like I said, I st- I stole the idea myself. So I'm <laughs> well, right definitely going to hire you to uh, to double check it um before i send it out because i mean it was it was really good um yeah i really liked it um i sent to my buddy and he was like oh my god he goes we still have to do this for you now i'm like i know right i was like why did we not think of this i think it was like a huge list of things to do we just didn't really think of it but yeah it's it's one of those things that's easy to you know skip over if especially if you don't give yourself a lot of time in between when the book is done and publication date because a lot of my previous books, it was like, okay, it's done. I, it, I've got a week to hit, like to upload it to Amazon and, and you know, get it out. Um, Cause I think, I think that's, you know, it's a blessing and a curse for indie authors that we run our own schedule that we leave everything to the very last minute. <laughs> and so when it, when it comes to putting, you know, stuff together, like a, like a press release or something like that, that, um, you know, it's, it's good for, you know, it's good for book reviewers. It's good for any local, you know, media that, that you might have around local, even local yeah, bookstores yeah. and that sort of thing is, you know, who I'm passing these out to. Um, I think it's, you know, it's just one, it's like I said, it's something you can look at quick that, you know, people, especially for people like yourself that are getting requests all the time that yeah. you can just look at it and know what it is. Right. That, that yeah, was really yeah. the intent. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely, definitely scored there um yeah i didn't think about that sending out the bookstore i'm definitely going to do that but um yeah you you mentioned that too which is a great point and this is where anybody listening like i know people keep bugging me about my own books which thank you so much that people are interested um before you even know what they're about um but um yeah like you know i was going through I, i mentioned before we were recording I was going through and cleaning up my website and doing some things. And I was like, oh, some of these I'm not going to finish for a while. So I was trying to update on things that I'm actually trying to get out within the next year, um, like for sure. And, you know, but it was nice to have the ability to be like, okay, that's going to be on the back burner. That's going to be, I'm going to move this one up, you know, things like that. Um, Absolutely. I I don't know, like if anybody wants to, you know, you want to pay me gobs of money, um, you know, for my books, like I'm totally okay with that. 
um, as long as I get to write, you know, and talk to authors like yourself and learn and have some fun and stuff along the way with the process. Um, but, you know, I do like indie with the, you know, the ability that I can just go onto my website and be like, yeah, this is going to take a little while, you know, things like that, or run a Kickstarter, you know, for something, yeah. um, you know, things like that. But yeah, it's yeah, not, definitely. Yeah. yeah, we I mean, we have so much flexibility, too. And it's and it's hard to stay on top of everything, right? Like, there's so many things that are great ideas. But I mean, we're only I usually I mean, for myself, at least I'm only one guy I can't do I can't do absolutely everything. So, you know, that's, you know, with Eclipse, I mean, we're recording this in November. And I mean, it comes out in February. I I try to give myself a good few months to to really um, let myself prepare for for this release. Yeah, yeah, so, and that's I what I was trying to. Yeah, that's what I was trying to tell people. Like, I had some people they asked me like, "Well, why'd you do that?" And I was like, "I would like to rapid release." Um, I was like, even if I yeah. only got like three in a year, you know, I was like, I was like, I would like to do things like you did, you know, release a press kit and stuff like that. Yeah. So just be a little bit more organized. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and the goal, really the goal for the, you know, Fractured Orbit Orbit series is that I do want to get all three books out in 2023. That That's my goal now. I mean, it's it's too early to, I'm hoping I hit that. Uh, I kind of have to have some discussions with my editor because they're, they're both pretty far in advance, I just found out. So um, it's going to, you know, take, you know, it's it's going to, things are going to have to line up. It's not just my schedule that, that I have to consider. So, but but the goal is to have all three books out this year. All about that, those pesky schedules. <laughs> <That's funny>. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm really glad, like, I'm glad I had the people on I did for season two, but the amount of, I just felt bad for them, like the amount of problems that so many people had with that, you know, and being backed up and things like that. That was another thing that for me, I was like, well, you know, I had a couple of people get back to me and I was like, even if I finished by like May this past year, I mean, the couple of people I was looking at, it's like, they wouldn't even be able to get to me till you know <laughs> this upcoming year anyways right yeah so backed up which you know i totally understand so i was like oh it kind of worked out anyway on uh, the long mm -hmm. run but yeah press kit it's definitely on my list now it's very high oh, up there cool. now uh so what is one writing tool you currently use and cannot live without and then what would be one you would want to try in the future you can really um yeah i think that the best it's not really a writing tool but it's more like I use vellum to format my books. Mm. Um, oh, well, that's that's what I'm talking about, too, though. It could be like anything. Yeah, okay. I guess I need my friend. He just mentioned this. Today, he goes, you need to change that question a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, it could be like, yeah, like formatting tools. Tool is like a really good one. Yeah, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, I think that's, you know, when I think of, well, I, I think like, there's there's two probably that like that would really make my life a little bit more difficult. Vellum for sure is one. Um, it's a for those that don't know a book formatting program um it formats the interior of, of your book and you can add images you can add i am um, like well i got my i got eclipse here so like these chapter headings um i can find one like i can add in these like my own images and that sort of thing but it really it sets the margins it sets the page type like the page oh, numbers and all that without a lot of effort i think before that people were in InDesign and Word trying to move things manually around and yeah, whatnot, yeah. Or, the, or you pay or you pay a formatter, right? Um, Vellum just makes it so much easier, and it's a one kind of a one-time fee that um, to me was a no-brainer when I looked at the cost of hiring multiple formatters over the course of your your author career and and doing a one-time payment. So yeah, now what happens um, when you're doing a special edition or when you're trying to or right. if there's something that's wrong, then you have to go and 
pay that person. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I know, you know, when I, my first book, I had gone through multiple rounds of edits and my editor was like, okay, well, she made changes and she's like, okay, and then you can send it to your formatter. I'm like, oh, well, I just use Vellum. It just does it. <laughs> like, I didn't have to do anything other than export the file again. So um, it really makes things simple. Um, yeah. Uh, and the other tool I use is Pro Writing Aid. Um, when I do my initial edits, um, I mean, I use a, a person editor and I would never go away from that, but it gives me one, I basically, I call it basically another set of eyes to look over yeah. my manuscript because even when, even if I don't, I don't agree with a lot of the changes pro writing aid will tell me to make, but it forces me to read the each individual line in a different way. A um, and I find it, I find it super helpful to do a kind of a final check before I send off to my editor. Um, and then one that I would like to try. Um, I guess that's a tougher one. Um, I haven't done a lot with. Um, it could be like a writing style to point of view. Yeah, yeah. Oh, point of view, like a writing point of view. Yeah, yeah. I have. I haven't done a lot of like first person writing. Um, mm. uh, everything I write, other than that, than my uh, one short story. Um, has been third person that's kind of just mm. what i'm what i'm accustomed to writing yeah, yeah um so i mean i don't do a lot of first person writing so that i mean that would be something that i'd look into doing in the future for sure yeah <laughs> that's been mine currently and i'm like oh did i make that oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you know i like to write multiple point of views and i and as a reader it drives me it, i find it it you have to be really skilled to pull off multiple point of views in first person because yeah, it's too <laughs> easy for your your author voice to to kind of creep into a, a yep. first person. Um, so you know, I've read some great some great books where it's you know first person. Even if you're flipping per chapter, um, I find that sometimes you know you're like, who's who's head am I in now? Yeah, um, because they're you know they're both um, you're getting both their thoughts, and it's sometimes really hard to get your own thoughts out of out of their heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've been yeah. trying with uh, my Ogres and Overlords book. I was like, oh, I want to do first person because I feel like it. I have certain things I think are better conveyed in first person. Um, mm. But I do like having four POVs. Um, yeah. and that's the problem I found is I'm like, oh, I'm like, and they're not. I'm, so I'm like, I might just go back to third person. <laughs> just yeah. yeah. I know. But I like certain books in first person, like the Dresden Files and uh, yeah. Iron Druid Chronicles, Patricia Briggs, uh, Mercy Thompson. Alpha and Omega. I just think I like that particular genre for first person, but yeah. but I also like multiple POVs. I like how Patricia Briggs does it though. She only does like two or three max, uh, and that's what Kevin yeah. does. But they do them really well, and that's that's my problem is I'm not. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm yeah, I'm not saying it's like you know impossible to do, but um, definitely it's hard to do well. I think yeah. Um, for sure. So you know when I you know when I started Eclipse, I started I think I started like like you I think I started first person and and I realized you know no this especially as the series goes on like Eclipse only has two, but um, the sequel is going to have at least three, mm. and and it might you know we'll see where it goes from there. So um, it just keeps. It enables me to allow the character's voice to be their voice and the narrator voice to kind of, you know, flow through the through the entire novel. Yeah. Yeah. We make another good point too is sometimes you're thinking it's oh it's going to be this one and if it's not working, my friend was like, well, try third person for a few, you know, and I'm like, yeah. oh maybe that's you know maybe it's a third person book. I don't know, you know, like 
sometimes can't fight the wave, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, I'm definitely going to have to check out Vellum again. It's definitely, that was another one that was on my buddy and my list. He was like, it really seems oh, like okay. something that we need to invest in. Um, so I'm actually glad you're like one of the, uh, oh my gosh, maybe like three out of like seven authors I've interviewed in the oh, last, really? like, yeah, like several weeks who has said that. So every time someone says something like that and it's been multiple people i, multiple I tend people. to try to listen yeah. um, absolutely right absolutely and that's you know and that's why i went that direction to begin with everyone was like well you gotta try try vellum sure yeah sure enough yeah i it um it just makes that one step of the process so much simpler so yeah any i feel like as an indie author in particular any money you can save you know on the process helps you with the product, you know, and particularly the time, you know, that I mean, it's like, I don't think a lot of people realize like, you know, when you have an, like, let's say you have a cover artist and editor and then a copy editor, it's like, that's already like a lot of people, you know, not saying you don't need those people, but ends up being a lot of people, particularly yeah. when you're post pandemic and, you know, everybody's, yeah. you know, trying to get caught up with past projects and things like that. So I think anytime, mm -hmm. you know, you can streamline the process and make it still look professional. I mean, yours looks great. Right. So Thank clearly that's you. something to, to check out. So <laughs> really like that. Header. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. The header. So the header I designed in, you know, Photoshop and then I, you know, I was able to import into Vellum and yeah, set it up that way. Mm -hmm. See, I, I feel like, see, like for me, like one, I would like one tool I'd like to learn which I guess it's not a writing tool, but like Photoshop for me just seems to be like, just keeps popping up with little things like this where I'm just like, I'm like, I'm so tired of having asked my buddy like, hey, can you Photoshop this for me? And right. he's like, yeah, no problem. He'll do whatever. But I'm like, I just want the ability and to have the skills to do it whenever I want. Because I just think there's certain things like, you know, if I just keep playing with it, I'm trying to like retrain myself on a couple of different things like with digital art and stuff like that. So I can practice myself. So maybe one of these days I can streamline the process and do my own covers or, you know, maybe, you know, right. my own advertisements or something like that, you know, just to, to help out. But yeah. Yeah. Well, like, and I mean, you, you don't probably don't necessarily need even Photoshop for that. Like I use Canva for, you know, things like Facebook ads and, and that sort of thing one. as well. So that, that's a good one to to look at. I mean, Photoshop can be pricey for, if if you're just using it for a few few little things here and there yeah um i mean i'm for like i'm fortunate that you know i do use it for work mm -hmm. um so i mean i don't have that added cost to, to use it but really a lot of like what i what i did with my cover i probably could have done in canva it might have been a little bit more you know moving things around a bit but um but uh, canva can do actually quite a lot these these days especially if you're just if you're not manipulating the graphics, if you're just kind of laying layering them and yeah, um, you can do quite a bit with it. Yeah. yeah. That's a really good idea. I'm gonna write that one down too. Cool. Uh so we'll go with that last one there. Uh do you have any news updates, current promos, or projects, anything like that that you're working on? Uh yeah. So well, I mean, right now my main focus is getting this a sequel to Eclipse done. Um currently where I'm at, I've you know, like I said, a third to halfway done the done the draft of that um i do have a i do have another project i kind of have on the side that oh, wow. i haven't really shared yet it's kind of a more fantasy project um so oh, we'll see kind of where that goes but uh but yeah there is uh kind of a, i haven't i haven't announced anything with that yet so we'll see how what, where that comes along oh that's cool that's super yeah. cool <laughs> you're doing what <laughs> i'm doing i that's what i was saying to my buddy i was like, like herman's doing what i want to do i was like you're like over here 
over here a little bit over here yeah. <laughs> that way. And I'm like i feel like that's how you get the best fish to bite you know and you know writing the stories that you want to write and you know and and go from there so i think that that makes yeah it's right raining in the raining in the ideas right like i mean we've yeah. got so many ideas and it's sometimes hard to just you know rain them in i've got uh like I said, I've got um, this other project that I kind of put aside to force myself to finish this trilogy before I uh, before I release that. But it that there is a, a good number of words in that project, so I'll be excited to release that and new, more news about that when uh, when it gets closer to to time. I've got a cover for it. It's oh, it's wow. uh, yeah, but uh, I haven't I haven't said anything about that yet. So oh wow, well that's super cool. <laughs> I look forward to that. Make sure you yeah. tag me or send it to me somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so I can, do. Absolutely. that's super cool we have to have you back on um for season three to uh talk about that once you can discuss more and i look forward to that i'll make sure i write that in my notes um that way i can circle back to you that's super cool absolutely i, I just want to <laughs> remind our audience just once again that you know people like herman uh really anybody that we have on here for the most part um you know really make sure you're going checking out their links checking out the description uh please make sure you're checking out their websites um if you have read something or listening to you know one of their books on audible just please make sure that's what we're really stressing for season two please make sure you're leaving those reviews um you know i would love it if people could just keep doing that it really helps my friends out uh that way we get more stories and i get more books and book news and can continue to talk to people um and feel really good about you know the books that are coming out for them uh herman thank you so much for coming on uh like i said before we started recording if there's anything i can do at all you know to help you out you know if you're like oh i don't want to bug him bug me just send me use my email whenever that's going to be one of the things i um, send out a little email blast is like, hey, start, everybody needs to start sending me more things, uh, you know, so we can share them. Um, but if there's anything else I can awesome. do at all, you know, to help you, um, you know, before this re uh, Eclipse releases or after, you know, just let me know and in any way, shape or form, and I will help you to the best of my ability. So Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I've, I've uh, really enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun. I've, yeah, uh, I got I've like a lot of notes. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad I'm hopefully I can help. And uh, I mean, I look forward to sharing, uh, sharing your podcast as well and uh, letting people know about it. So thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime you want to come back, you just let me know anytime you got anything. And, you know, we'll set Wonderful. up a date and a time and we'll get you on and have another good chat. So very cool. Most appreciated. Yeah, not a problem. Well, good luck with Eclipse, and I hope you have a Thank good you. rest of the night, and I will talk to you later, my friend. All right. Thanks. You as well. Later. Thanks. Damn. <laughs> Bye.